Welcome back to Sales Transformation brought to you by Ledium. In today's episode, we have a special guest, Jay Webb, the mastermind behind the Goats of Growth podcast. Jay specializes in connecting top revenue leaders, and today, we'll be discussing the biggest mistake made when hiring revenue leaders. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Colin, back to you. All right, welcome back to Sales Transformation brought to you by Ledium. And today we've got a special guest, Jay Webb. He's the mastermind behind the Goats of Growth podcast. Jay specializes in connecting top revenue leaders and has an upcoming book, uh, Diving Into the Success Stories. Jay, great to have you on the show. Thanks, Colin. Great to be sitting on the other side of the uh, microphone. Yeah, man. I had a pleasure of being on your show. Um, I know that we're going to have a good conversation I know that we're going to talk about some things that you're, you know, pretty passionate about. But for those that are listening and aren't visual, um, Jay's got a pretty awesome background with lots of very, very expensive fine art behind him. Um, priceless, priceless fine art, uh, to be exact. One day. That's right. Yeah. So, Jay, welcome to the show. Today we're going to talk about uh, something that I know that you're passionate about, hiring revenue leaders, right? I think yeah. there's a lot of mistakes that happening uh, can happen with hiring revenue leaders, whether it's your first revenue leader, uh, when's the right time, things like that. And so uh, before we dive into that, give people just a little bit of context of, of who you are, you know, sort of your background, sort of your short sales story. Yeah, thank you. So great to be here, Colin. I've been working with revenue leaders for over 16 years, specifically within early to growth stage tech companies um, for the first you know, 10 to 12 years, call it, working with them and helping them build their sales teams. And then for the last few years, not only helping them build their sales teams, but then also helping you know, CEOs and, and founders of companies hire revenue leaders uh, for, their, for their companies. And you know, our sweet spots typically companies between, call it 20 to 200 people, right? So anything from series a or pre or, or seed all the way up to series c that's usually where we add the most value and we have the most impact mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and tell me a little bit i mean what do you see i think the big question i want to get answered here and folks listening probably are thinking is what what's the number one mistake that you see often made when when hiring revenue leaders I think the, the biggest mistake, and there are a number of them, but I think the biggest mistake is hiring the revenue leader that isn't a stage fit for your company. So you heard me just mention that, you know, I'll focus on companies from as small as 20 employees to as many as 200 employees. And if you're a small company that, you know, you're doing $2 million in revenue, maybe you're looking to raise a Series A and you want to hire your first revenue leader, let's call it a sales leader. Mm -hmm. VP of sales or, or chief revenue officer. And, you know, let's say your goal over the next five years is to get to 20 million or, you know, 50 million, something like that, right? A lot of times um, people have the tendency to go and look for someone who's at a $50 million company or a $100 million company uh, and more. And that's just the not the way to think about it. It's the wrong way of thinking about it. Um, really should be thinking about people who are, um, comfortable at that early stage when what I call expeditionary sales leaders, right? They're the, they're the sales leaders that are, that come in right after the founders. So the founders have done a good job, 
through their network, through their passion, through their domain expertise of whatever product it is that they built and they're selling, which is fantastic. But at some point, somebody has to come in and, and put a little bit of a rigor and process in place. But not only before the process has to be actually rolling up their sleeves still and selling and to be strategic enough and to be aware enough of what's working, what's not working. And also, frankly, to be curious enough to start documenting and building best practices so that they can start to duplicate that through other people and then eventually start to grow in scale. And there's a lot in there, right? Like early on, not only is it just that their founders are sort of handing the, their, their, the keys, so to speak, over to the first sales leader, but also there's a lot of ambiguity. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of things that just need to be figured out. And if you're someone who's coming from a company that's already at scale, so to speak, and it's been at scale, it's a completely different mindset. It's a completely different motion. It's a completely different sort of perspective that you need to come with every day. And where companies make certainly a big mistake is getting somebody, I'll just use this as an example because it's easy, but somebody from Oracle or Salesforce or something, right, to come in. And I just saw it happen recently. Yeah. And they, they they fail because it's it's not it's not the same. They're looking for somebody else to do the marketing or to work on certain things that they need to do as the or even sell, frankly, as the uh, as the as the leader, the revenue leader. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think a lot to unpack there, but I think the big takeaway really is, you know, not necessarily hiring somebody who is at a company of where you want to go, uh, thinking that they know how to get there. Right. And so making sure that you're hiring somebody that's done what it is that, you know, what the job is that you need done. Right. Which is maybe that, you know, building the process, you know, building the team, getting from, you know, maybe one to 10, right. Even though maybe the long-term goal is to get to 20 or 50, um, you know, getting from one to 10 and 10 to 20 and 20 to 50 are all, you know, very different, uh, skill sets of people. And if they've never done it before, you know, they might fail as you mentioned. Yeah. And the other thing too is, is that when I, I was talking to somebody recently and I, I set the expectation, frankly, on both sides, on the candidate side and also on the client side. And I said, you know, if we get this expeditionary sales leader, you know, the reality is, is that this person is not going to be the one that's going to take you to 50 million, right? They'll take you to 10 million. They're not going to take you to 50 million. And even that person that takes you from 10 to 50, we might need another person to take you from 50 to 100 million and so forth. And the reality is, is that they're okay with that, right? In other words, if you're an expeditionary sales leader, you have no interest really in operating a company that has more complexity in it, more moving parts, you know, a company that's at scale that has more process in place that, you know, the expeditionary sales leader will get really bored with, disengaged and frankly, ineffective. And then the flip side is true too as well, where you have a person who is certainly process oriented, is used to managing large teams of people and marshalling internal resources to you know, for, for the greater good of, of, of the company and all that, that's great. But they're going to be like a, a bit of a, a fish out of water mm -hmm. if they're at an earlier stage, you know, $2 million company trying to get it off the ground uh, because of all the kinds of reasons that I just mentioned in terms of the ambiguity, the lack of resources, by the way, resources meaning people and money 
And 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 then and, and even even something I haven't mentioned, which is lack of brand recognition. Right. In other words, there's a lot of evangelizing that needs to happen that a someone who's done that several times over is going to be appreciating that more and know even if they might not know the industry or the domain, they're going to know the motion, so to speak, that it takes in order to get to where the company wants to go. Uh, so that's the thing. And I think from my perspective as a, as, a, as a search consultant, it's really educating both sides and just making sure that, you know, you, we set the expectation that could you take this from inf infancy to adulthood and beyond? You know, sure, you could. And it has happened. I interviewed somebody actually on my podcast, Mandy Cole, uh, who did that. But it's unusual, you know. Yeah, I think I think the important piece there is is having transparency from the beginning, right? Because I think a lot of times sales leaders, you know, get that first, you know, get you from two to five or get you from five to 10 or maybe even get you from two to 10, right? Um, and think that, hey, I should be the person to get us to 20 or 50, right? And And they're not. And so then, you know, the CRO comes in, maybe it's a VP of sales or head of sales that thinks, hey, I should be promoted to CRO. I'm the one that here has built it to this point. And it all goes back to, hey, if there wasn't open, honest, transparent communication and realistic expectations from day one, you're going to have some people that are, you know, upset. Um, and, and I think that's the, that's the important piece. And, and, you know, you're right, though, is a lot of those people that are, you know, used to building from, you know, zero to 10, um, they enjoy that. They enjoy that scrappiness of coming in, figuring it out, building, you know, something from nothing. Uh, they don't like that red tape bureaucracy, you know, more corporate, you know, as you get to those larger revenue marks of, of what a, you know, organization looks like. And I think it's, it's on the sales leader to, you know, know that about themselves, but then also, you know, in your line of work is to have that sort of communication and transparency and, and setting proper expectations from the beginning. I mean, do you see, do you see that, you know, uh, I'm sure this comes up where somebody's brought in at early stage, they get it to a certain point and they realize they're not the right person to take it to the next level. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, that, and that's why I think to your point, it's important for the both sides to be prepared and understand that there's a lot of talk about succession planning, obviously at the CEO level. Right. But I think that in this case, it should be the same thing. I think that the plan should be to prepare the organization for a, uh, a new sales leader and, and, and even, frankly, going from VP of sales to CRO, if you want to talk about titles specifically, because obviously CRO connotes that they're going to, there's, there are going to be other functions that this person is going to be responsible for. And the thing is, is that either as an organization, you should be grooming, if, if this person that, that is, let's just say, the expeditionary sales leader who has done a good job, who has uh, an inclination, if you will, and maybe is on the precipice of someone who being on being on the precipice of being someone who can take it to the next level. That's fantastic. But either way, there should be a plan and a succession plan to either groom that person, maybe somebody on the board who's been a CRO at, a, at companies that of a, of a certain scale, if you will, or perhaps maybe it's the CEO if that person came up through sales. But if it's not going to be that person that you're grooming, then I think as uh, the company 
you know, the executive team has to figure, okay, we should now start to look at who can take us to the next level of this, right? You know, I was listening to, you know, I'm a big fan of podcasts, obviously, and I listen to um, what's called Revenue Builders with uh, John McMahon and yeah. John, uh, what's his last name? Is it Kaplan, I think? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That, um, you know, they interviewed Chris Degnan from Snowflake. And, you know, the short story there is, is that, you know, they tried to get rid of him um, and bring in some seasoned uh, CRO more than once, I think, over his tenure. And he's been there for nine years, but he started off as exactly, I mean, he was really just, you can call him an individual contributor, frankly, because there wasn't really, I wouldn't even have called him an expeditionary sales leader at that point, because they didn't have any sales. It was just basically him and not even really a, a product. So, you know, he's he's a person who did come from a company that was a bit at scale and just figured it out because that's who he is. And he has the grit and determination and all those things um, to make it happen. But they tried, you know, several times uh, to bring some of the board wanted to bring other people in. And he just kept putting his kept his head down and, 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 and figured it out to the point where, you know, it wasn't necessary. Right. And I think that he's had great mentors over there, too, as well. So there's there's that. But again, if, if that, I believe, is uh, a bit of an anomaly. So then the question becomes is that when you are getting to a certain point and you realize that there is a certain level of process that needs to be um, formalized, if you will, at a certain stage, then as a company and frankly, individual, you should start being aware of this and saying, okay, it's time for me to start looking for my next gig, so to speak. And the company should say, okay, let me call Jay and see if we can find that next level of, of revenue leader. Yeah. Yeah. I like the plug there, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think what, what I think, um, this is all, you know, very helpful, but I think the one thing that we haven't discussed that I'd like to dive into, you know, for a minute is how do you know when, when that time is right? Where, Hey, you know, you've referred to it as the expeditionist, you know, sales leader, right? Which is that early stage startup, you know, person that, that, um, you know, can, can be the, build the foundation, but isn't necessarily the next, the person to get you to the next level. How do you know when they're a little outside of their depths? How do you know when it's time to look for that next, you know, sales leader, that's either replaces them uh, or is, you know, maybe they report up to. Um, and then I guess what is the right, like, do they replace them? Do we find somebody that they report to? What are some things that you see inside the business going on where it's clear that now is the right time uh, to get to the next level of scale? We need a different experienced sales leader. Yeah, that's a good question. I think it depends on, I, th I think it changes in a lot of different ways, depending on the scenario, the company and all that. But, you know, I, I think at, the, at its simplest, it, it's, it's data, right? It's looking, do, does this person have the propensity to look at the data, be curious? When I say data, we're talking about in, sale, in, in a CRM, in looking, in inspecting the stages that sales is is moving through are they you know medic um, focused or do they have some sort of sales methodology that they've put in place you know are they doing management type things do they have time to uh, in, in in an inclination and a desire frankly to listen to the phone calls of the team are they coaching do they have is there a real playbook that can be teachable and repeatable do they have an onboarding process in place, right? In other words, 
are, and, and, and again, that all starts with data, right? You can't necessarily make any of these decisions if you don't have the right information to begin with anyways. And by the way, if you are making decisions and you're doing it, um, uh, you know, you're, you're doing it uh, with lack of data or not understanding the data, then that's a pretty clear indicator that, you know, you might have a, a you know, good gut, you know, an instinct, um, you know, maybe you're, uh, you're, you're a great people person, like you're a great people, leader of people who can inspire and motivate. And frankly, again, as an expeditionary sales leader, you're not afraid to roll up your sleeves and getting deals and all that stuff. But as a process um, oriented sales leader, somebody that's operating at scale, it's much, much less about, you know, your ability to do those things and more, and which by the way, that's still important, obviously leading and motivating and all that stuff. But, you know, when you're, when you're, have the skill and understanding of, and I, and by the way, the skill for me, and in, in terms of, in terms of that data and process rigor, people who are good at that, from my experience are geeks about it, right? In other words, like that's kind of where they start before yeah. they do anything else, right? That's just like, okay, let me dig into this. Let me figure it out. Let me figure out, let me see what's working, what's not working. And there's actually information, there's data there in the numbers that will tell them one way or another, to move one way or another, right? And I think those are things important. And I think as the, you know, as the from the CEO's perspective, um, CEO people who are uh, maybe members of the board who are uh, observing this in meetings, is you know just really digging in and understanding that. Um, and if those things are lacking, then you know it's time to move on. And I think from an individual's perspective as well, I believe sales leaders understand their own strengths and weaknesses as well and their own desires. You know, when I talk to people who are either exiting that situation, which just happened recently, uh, and frankly, people that are going into that situation, um, you know, they, they pretty much are very clear on, on what they want and what they what they don't want, you know, and then frankly, if you're if you are, and this goes to the whole planning perspective, if you are that expeditionary sales leader who's in that situation, then, you know, you should be um, self-aware and proactive enough to start thinking about that. And I think that's why it's tr good to be transparent up front, though, because if you are, I think at a certain point, you know, um, leadership can come together and be like, it's time for us to, to figure something else out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the key there is like, you explain two very different types of people, right? Yes. And right. one is that type of person that can get in there scrappy. They're not necessarily the data driven analytical type person, mm -hmm. um, where that person to get you to that next level of scale, that's where they start. Right. And yes. I think those are two big things, but Jay, it's been awesome having you on, man. Really appreciate it. Um, super valuable information here for people that are looking to either hire their first sales leader uh, or maybe hire that sales leader for the next level of scale. Uh, where's the best place for people to get into your world to reach out to you if they need help with something like this? Yeah, thanks for asking. So I'm always on LinkedIn. Um, so Jay, J-A-Y Web uh, on LinkedIn, uh, the goats of growth. You can also email me web with two B's at the J David And I also don't forget the podcast, of course, the Ghosts of Growth podcast, find it on any, any platform. And we have a, all these videos, all my interviews are on YouTube as well. Um, under, I think it's the J David group, which is also um, my recruiting company for individual contributors. Awesome. We'll include all the links there in the show notes to make it easy for you to find. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. It helps us to reach more sellers and sales leaders to transform the way that they sell.